Talking to the podcast, just before we get into it, a couple of quick housekeeping things. You'll notice the name of this podcast has changed to the Reality Check Podcast. This is because basically Apple didn't like the word shit in the title, as in how to get your shit together. So I've had to change the title back to the Reality Check Podcast. Um, But it's going to be the same content in terms of short talks on mental health, motivation, philosophy, politics, that sort of stuff. The same content, just a different name. Um, And the second thing I want to suggest is for those of you that are followers of me on Skillshare, the video, uh, the video courses that I put out, I've had three, my, my most, my three most recent courses pulled because they were going against community guidelines. The first two were, uh, self-defense courses. And the third one was a solo fitness course. And basically the self-defense ones goes against their violence, uh, community guidelines, even though it's a self-defense and even though they have a martial arts tag, um, so that, that, you know, that's understandable that they pulled that. And the, the third one was a solo fitness as in how to exercise on your own and make it fun. Um, I'm, I'm fighting that one in the sense that it seems a bit ridiculous to not allow. They basically told me that they're not allowing any sort of fitness content as the lessons, um, during this time. And to me, that seems counterintuitive considering everyone's at home bored with nothing to do and wanting to exercise. And a lot of people rely on gyms and personal trainers and groups to exercise. But now that we don't have access to that, it'd be good to have that knowledge. So I've got the three courses recorded and I've got plans for a few more. So I'm at the moment, I've got the self-defense courses up on YouTube and I'll put a link down below. Um, I haven't uploaded the personal fitness course, but I might look for a new home, either another video course company for those or some other solution to be able to get the content out there to you. But the self-defense courses at least are up on YouTube and I'll think about what to do with the first exercise course because I was planning on doing a bunch more, you know, like not just how to make it fun, but different ways to exercise different parts of your body and, you know, focusing on like different sort of plans that you could do, a whole variety of stuff that you could go down the fitness path. So it might mean that I publish it down a different alleyway. I'm not sure. Either way, check out the self-defense courses on YouTube. And if you want to look at all the other courses I've got on Skillshare, you can get two months free access to all of those courses and everything else via my link and you can cancel any time. So I'm finding that a lot of people like, you know, my numbers are just skyrocketing at the moment of views because everyone's at home with nothing to do. So yeah, head over to Skillshare, check out the courses that I've got online. If you want to learn how to make a morning routine, how to meditate, how to start lucid dreaming, all the variety of, of, of stuff. And if you've if you've read or you've listened to How to Get Your Shit Together, the book, um, basically these courses go in depth. And the reason I like Skillshare, which is a shame that they're not letting me put everything else up there, but I like it because you can access it for free. And, you know, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I believe that information should be accessible for free, but it enables me when you watch to get a bit of a kickback but you'd have access to it for free. And then if you like the content, you know, that's on Skillshare to keep you as a customer. Either way, free access. With all that in mind, let's get into the topic of what I wanted to discuss today. Basically, I wanted to reframe this whole lockdown coronavirus thing as a society-wide collective trauma. And in the sense that things are being imposed upon us that we can't control. Laws are being changed. Liberties are being taken away for our safety. And it's causing us to be restricted. You know, we're not having full access to the, the food and the and the, the utilities that we like. Our, our activities are being restricted or banned or blocked. People's livelihoods are being devastated, right? It's a massive impact that's happening around the globe all at once. So we're all in this together, but 
Rather than just looking at it as what it is, I wanted to sort of reframe it in the trauma response. We are all going through a collective trauma. This is something that we've never experienced before. But if we look at it from a trauma perspective, we can we start to get an idea of why people are acting and doing what they're doing. Just to give a few examples, I've seen people on social media, both my followers and friends and a bunch of people just, for lack of a better expression, going a little bit crazy. They're, they're, they're posting going down, you know, conspiratorial rabbit holes or worrying about civil liberties being taken away or complaining about all of these things or posting stuff that to them seems like sarcasm or to them seems like a joke, but everyone's jumping on them and attacking them, right? People are just not sure how to respond. And if When I look at, you know, look at the the, the posts that, that people are doing, part of me goes, oh, how dare you? Oh, that's ridiculous. And I really want to sort of like get into them. But then I step back and go, okay, my response to them is part of this trauma response. Their, their, their post initially is a part of this trauma response. So let's break this down. When when something traumatic happens, we go into a different mental state. It's this survival mental state. It's this trying to understand why is why this is happening, what's happening, and we respond differently. Some people go to humor. Some people fight back. Some people withdraw. But what, regardless of the in, the individual's response, we do know that they will have a response. We're all facing something new, and it's not likely to go away anytime soon. So we're afraid. We're unsure. We're confused, and there's different different bits of information. We don't know where it's going to land. We're in this state of flux. And from that state of flux, we're going to be saying and talking and doing things that we might not necessarily do in normal life. So I've seen people's personalities change. You know, their online presence, their online personalities, and in person as well. People people are just changing in response to this trauma. The, 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 the words and the actions that they're doing aren't to their normal you know, it's, it's against their normal personality. It's, it's it's different to what they would usually be doing. And I'm sure you're seeing this in your personal line, life and online. You know, I've seen people that I know make a comment online and then have their, their, their Facebook friends just attack them. And either the initial comment was joking or it was out of sorts or it was like it was in bad taste, but in a normal time, it seems like the people that would read it would be more forgiving. They wouldn't jump down the person's throat. They would, they would recognize it, or they might like you know do a DM and be like, "Hey, you know what's up, buddy." But now it seems everyone's like tense. Everyone's worried. Everyone's anxious. Everyone's responding to trauma. So, so when they see this person saying or doing something that's a little bit odd or a little bit confusing or a little bit you know against their values, they attack them then that person responds back and it becomes this argument. But I can't help but thinking that if it was normal time, this whole thing wouldn't be happening. That initial comment might not have happened. And if it did, the responses back might not have happened as you know, vehemently angry. There's, there's a lot of tension. So what does this mean that I'm doing? Well, I'm sort of tampering my responses. I see a lot of things now that I'm like, I wouldn't, wouldn't usually comment on, but people are just going a bit crazy. And it's like, oh, I just want to get involved and like sort of, you know, quote unquote, correct them. And then I'm like, no, that response, that what they're saying is probably part of this trauma response, and my response to them is part of the trauma response. So I hold back. Now, there is some suggestion that, you know, conversation is good in the sense that you've got this view that may or may not be right, and we have this dialogue and this conversation, and then we come to a mutual understanding. Now, ideally, that's what happens, right? 
Ideally, we can have this reasoned discussion and we come to a conclusion. The problem with the online medium is, is that if I post something and 10 people see that, now it becomes this multifaceted 10-person argument in which everyone's responding to everyone. It becomes this muddled, confusing mess devolving into insults and blocking. I'm all for having the conversation. I'm all for having a nuanced conversation. But the problem with text-based communication online is, like I said, multiple people. But also, you can't convey tone. You know, I've seen so many people called out for someone some, saying something or, you know, making a comment or joking. And, you know, it's in, you know, quote-unquote bad taste. But if they had have delivered it in person, it might have got a chuckle or a laugh. You know, but you can't convey tone or sarcasm through text-based communication. You just can't. And you can't communicate in real time. So if I say something offensive and you're reading that and you, it pops up two hours later and you're like, oh, how dare you? And you start responding back to me, misinterpreting my, you know, quote unquote joke or comment or my back end reasoning. It becomes this delayed conversation with less tools. Okay. We have less tools to communicate when we're only using text-based communication. This is why Twitter is an absolute shitstorm. It is terrible. You go on there and you comment and then there's just this stream of people commenting to everyone. and It's a mess. Add to that the heightened general tension that we're in, and it makes sense why everyone is everyone is struggling. If you see someone saying or doing something online that you disagree with, or in general, in, in person, even beyond the coronavirus stuff, just, just in general life, I, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to assume that I'm wrong in the sense that let's say someone says something that's questionable, and I'm not sure, are they joking, are they not? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Is this person insulting me or not insulting me? If I can't tell, I'll just generally assume the best. And what that happens is, is that, you know, in general for me, I've got, given my past, given all of the stuff that's happened, I've got this way of thinking that I'm a victim. You know, it's part of the complex post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis, the BPD, whatever, right? I feel like people are attacking me. But because I know that, because I know that I'm, I'm you know, I'm self-aware enough of my own diagnosis to know that, if there's any ambiguity, I assume it's me misinterpreting. Now, does that mean that I can continuously, constantly misinterpret things? Maybe. Does it mean that I could dig myself a hole? Maybe. I, I, I tend to look at it as a long-term trend, though. In the moment, I'll assume that it's me, and then over the long term, I'll correct. Now, if I'm always finding that I'm, quote, misinterpreting someone, and someone's always seeming to attack me, but I'm putting it back on me, and that's happening over and over and over again, I'll distance myself from that person, right? Because either... I'm wrong and they are attacking me or I'm just not quite gelling with that person. Either way, we separate. So let's apply this concept back to what's happening now. I go online, I see a questionable comment, something that seems like ridiculously conspiratorial. You know, the government's out to get us or it's the coronavirus was man-made or, you know, this is a precursor to this or look at this, the coronavirus is a cover for something, whatever, some ridiculous conspiratorial thing. Or someone saying, you know, something that's, you know, in bad taste, talking about, you know, someone, you know, making a bad taste about people dying or uh, I don't know, like like a bad a bad joke or any number of other iterations of this. I'll step back and go, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe my, I'm misinterpreting what they're saying. Maybe they've got a back-end reason for this. Maybe something else. And if it really does still bother me, I will message them directly. I'll go say, hey, how you doing? You know, like this this is a bit, bit concerning. What's up? Not in an attacky way, because I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I can't I can't presume to know. The only way I can is if we have this dialogue. If I if I go, hmm, this seems like this and I just attack back, 
it doesn't even solve the problem, right? Because they're going to just feel attacked. What, what happens when someone feels attacked, right? They they get arc up. They defend. They get defense defensive, and they just they lash out back at you. And online, people have their supporters. So like, let's say you arc up at someone. Someone else is now defending that first person for you, and it just becomes this yelling match. This isn't going to be resolved. It might you know feel good, quote unquote, in the moment. But it doesn't actually fix the problem. It doesn't actually address it. You know, if you think someone's being racist and you yell at them and say, you're racist. Okay, what does that do? It doesn't really do anything. It just makes them dig in. It makes you an enemy. Rather than attacking the person, maybe getting to the bottom of it with a calm, collected, controlled discussion, looking at the nuance. Okay, why did you say that comment? Oh, you think coronavirus started from China. Okay, well, is that true? Let's look into it. Okay, even if that's the case, does that mean that that Chinese person is a carrier of coronavirus? Does that mean that all Asians are like that? Does it mean, you know, let, let, let's break it down and work out if the person actually is racist, if they're misinformed, or if I'm misinterpreting something. Depending on the answer that we come to, we can conclude a whole variety of things, right? You know, I've, I've assumed a lot of stuff, and then upon discussion, I've worked out that I was wrong. If I attack the person, they attack me back, we argue, nothing happens, we don't grow. I must just, I wish I could say this to everyone, which is why I'm saying it on the podcast here and just hoping that it gets through, is that if we all just step back and take a breath and detach and just not be so quick to attack and yell and judge and just realize our own mental states, we are compromised. We are all compromised. Society's compromised. It's, there's no wonder that we're getting into all these arguments. You know, and if, if, if you're forced into quarantine or you're at home and you're self-isolating and you're with, you know, your family, you don't have that same release values. You know, you can't do your, your your sport or your exercise. You don't have the club that you go to, whatever your, you know, your self-care is out of the home. You're even more built up and tense and you're yelling at your family. It's, it's, it's getting, it's going to get crazy. You know, more, more and more people are, are going to be inebriating themselves. It's just going to get shocking. I can't help but push back and suggest we need to be as self-aware of the situation as possible. An analogy of this I like to use is drinking. If you've been drinking, right, if you're like literally drinking some alcohol or smoking marijuana or taking drugs or anything, right, part of that, part of you knows that you are inebriating yourself, right? And depending on the drug, it will have different effects. But if you're drinking, you know that certain things are going to change, right? Part of you knows I'm getting drunk right now. So you make allowances for that. You might go, you might think to yourself, oh, I'm drunk, I'm going to not drive. Oh, I've taken some mushrooms, these trippy, you know, acid, right? The psychedelics that I'm seeing aren't really there. It's an impact of the drug. Like part of you knows that you're, you're inebriating yourself, right? I knew someone, you know, years ago, like 10, 15 years ago that used to be heavily into psychedelics. And when he took psychedelics, he lost the ability to remember that he'd taken it. And that would cause him to have some bad trips, some really nice ones, but also some bad ones. So what he would do was write acid on his arm or mushrooms on his arm, right? The idea being that when he was inebriated, he would see it and go, ah, and it would remind him. I.e. he was planning for a future state and taking action to prevent it. If you know that you drink and you drink so much and you want to drive, right? Before you, you know, you have what you drink and go, oh, I'm drinking today. I'm going to give my keys to someone preempting the idea that you're going to drink and drive. So let's apply this analogy to us now. 
we know we're in a state of trauma. We know we're unsure. We know that we're struggling with it. We're anxious, that we're, we're agitated, that we're angry, right? We know that this is happening. Let's take some preventative steps when we're interacting with people. Step back, give people the benefit of the doubt, and just, just be a bit more collective and understanding of our own mental states. If I see myself getting angry, I check into myself. I don't attack the other person, at least not initially, right? You know, like... My default is to go, okay, what, what's happening in my mind? Why am I feeling so overwhelmed? What, what is causing this aggression? What's causing these heightened emotions? I step back and look. Now, if I step back and look and I'm like, yeah, it's because this guy's like about to physically assault me, then my responsible might be, you know, I'm going to protect myself with physical actions. But if I look, check into myself and go, why am I so angry? And I go, okay, it's because I've been cooped up at home for ages and I can't exercise, Right. My, my regular routine is out. I had an argument with my missus. I am inebriated, whatever it is, right? If I look back and determine that it's on me, then my anger is not warranted to be projected outwards. The hard part is of all of this is to do it in the moment. In the moment when you get angry, it's very easy for me to say this from a detached perspective, calm right now and go, oh, hey, you know, when you're angry, stop, think about it. It's an act of practice. You have to practice this because it's a, it's a hard battle. But if you just go, oh, I'm feeling something, just just take a mental step back. This is why I value meditation so much. It gives you the ability to, you're here and your thoughts are here and you see them going past. Now, when you're angry, upset, the, 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 the thoughts are super close and they're like it feels like you are your thoughts. But the more you meditate, the more you step back, the more ability you get to detach from them. This isn't to say I don't get angry or pulled by emotion or all that sort of stuff. I do. And it's a constant battle to, to address that, right? But you can very much, you can very much take the actions to, uh, to to improve your ability and to your chances to step back from it. Because, like, if we look at the the uh, the, the the alcohol analogy, right? There's a real problem here in the sense that when you're drinking, when you're inebriating yourself, when you're smoking marijuana, whatever you're doing, the thing that is judging, you know, your your attention is itself getting drunk. So there's a risk here. There's a risk that, you know, the more you drink, the less you can judge your own drunkness because the thing judging the drunkness is itself drunk. This is why you think you're far less drunk than what you are. I've known people to be pulled over for drink driving and they're like, I'm sober, I'm sober. But then they do the breath scan and they're way over. It's because the thing judging the drunkness is drunk. The thing judging your anger, the thing judging your reaction to these people posting online, to your friends, is itself impacted. We are going through a trauma response. This is unlike anything we've faced. I see a couple of memes online with people talking about how some people with you know anxiety or other mental issues are actually coping better than the average person. And I think it's because we've already got the coping skills in place to deal with big changing events. We've already got the self-care in place, the structures, the 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 way the self therapy the, the 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 psychologists and the psychiatrists we've got you know our world has been turned upside down before you know if you've had a history of past trauma if you've dealt with mental illness and, and issues and all of that sort of stuff it hasn't happened on this global scale before but you've dealt with this mental turmoil tumult this inner issues as well as external uncertainty so 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 you're not facing this this impact is new but it's similar enough to the other things that your inner coping skills can help you to manage. Whereas people that have had general mental health their whole life 
might be looking at this going, oh my God, what the hell do I do now? I'm stuck with my mind. I'm trapped at home. This is a massive change. I'm fearing this. And they're discovering this rumination, anxiety, depression off the bat. And then they're responding with, you know, these comments, this anger, these weird statements. So let's just step back and be kind and realize we're all struggling. We're all going through a trauma response. None of us knows how this is going to resolve. We're all sort of in the midst of it. And and beyond all of these mental impacts, some of us know people who are dying, right? People are losing their jobs. Like we are being legitimately impacted. So we're all stressed. We're all in a heightened state. If you were to talk to someone who'd just been in a car crash, right? As in they get in a car crash, they're physically fine. They hop out and you're talking to them, right? You couldn't talk to them like I'm talking to you now. You would know that because of the trauma they just went through, they're mentally compromised. Yeah? If you spoke to someone and you discovered that every night their father beats them, right? You would know that that person is compromised compared to what they would be if they weren't in that situation, if their home life was better. Because they're in this constant state of trauma. Yeah? Same thing is if someone's broken their leg, yeah, they're in pain, physical pain. This is a physical analogy. Trying to talk to them about in you know, in a regular conversation is going to be very hard, if not impossible, because they're in pain, right? So let's all consider that we're all dealing with low-level trauma that isn't going to go away for quite a long time. It would be a terrible, terrible loss to lose people close to us in our lives because we misinterpreted and acted out of anger. It'd be a terrible loss to withdraw even more, you know, online than we than we have to. Okay, like we, we've got access to technology where we can talk and have voice calls and and communicate and share and all of this sort of stuff. Let's use it to our advantage now. I'm not. I'm. I'm very much hypocritical with this. You know, the the online rev- revolution and social media. I clearly put put post and push out a lot of content, right? And I use it as a way to connect and chat and talk and, you know, earn an income and all of this sort of stuff. But I also see its negative impacts that, you know, there's this fear cycle that can happen and, you know, the, the, the 24-hour news and the and the um, echo chambers and all of that sort of stuff that I've talked about. But right now, if you're at home and, you know, you're on your own or, you know, you're with your family, but you used to have a massive social life, use the technology, and let's just be a little bit more forgiving. Let's just be a little bit more caring to to, 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 to to people that are going through what we're all going through. We're in a state of trauma, we're in a state of compromise, and we're struggling. If we can just hold on to that, hold on to that mindset going, okay, I'm compromised, they're compromised, let's have a little bit of lenience here, yeah? I want to suggest that people, you know, back to the what I said at the start with the Skillshare courses, I'm a massive advocate of writing therapy. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is that I know personally my psychologist has cancelled all appointments, so I've been left in the lurch a bit. But thankfully, like I said, I've got access to self-care routines that help me in my own personal way. And one of the best ones that I've found is writing therapy. So I'm going to put a link down below to my writing therapy course on Skillshare. You can click it. You can access it for free, like I said. But the idea of this writing therapy is, is that it's basically speaking, getting it out there, putting the words on the page or even just talking is itself therapeutic because you're processing your thoughts. If you're all up in your brain ruminating, if you're all up in there thinking and going, you come out with these outbursts that might not be that best, the most helpful. But if you write stuff down, if you talk about it, 
If you say it out loud, it helps. So I use writing therapy as a way to process my thoughts. This can be projected in multiple ways, journaling, in writing out a narrative, in doing poetry. I've written a, my first book under the influence was an act of writing therapy, talking about my traumatic past with my drug addicted, drug addict, um, you know, past with my father and all that sort of stuff. I did a, another book called Words on a Page, which is basically just poetry. And it was me sort of deconstructing my mental state. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up is that I wrote a poem about my inner reactions and what I'm seeing the reactions of other people to the coronavirus pandemic. I called it Pandemic. I'll put the link down below. And it's basically me expressing my inner thoughts, my feelings in a poem form. And I decided to play around with the structure a bit. I went four words, three words, two words, one word, all of those rhyming. And then one, two, three, four, three, two, four you know, four, two, three, three, two, one. So playing with the word structure as well as telling a story, as well as keeping the rhyming structure going. So check it out. I'll put the link down to that poem as well. Uh, the reason I want to say this is, is, is like I had these feelings about it and not just mine, what I'm seeing. So I'm sort of like mirroring the world's feelings, but the act of getting it onto the page of writing it and of tweaking it, of trying to make it fit into the confines of the, the, the four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four structure helped me to process it, made me play with it. And by the end of it, the poem was created and I felt a lot better. Didn't fix anything in the world, but it fixed my inner world, right? The other thing about all of this is like, I, I share everything I'm doing. I'm quite an open book, obviously, um, but you don't have to be. The page is great. The page listens. It You write down, you can burn it, you can throw it out, you can look at it, you can do a whole bunch of other stuff. So I must, must, must encourage you to check out the Skillshare course on writing therapy because I go through the process of what I do, a few different processes, along with examples. And I think that given this time, it'd be good to start. You've got a pen, you've got some paper, just start writing and start feeling better. If you check out that course and you you know want some more information about it or you want to talk to me about it, connect with me, message me on social, whatever, and just be like, hey, this is what I've done or this is how I'm going with this, what do you think? We can talk about the method that I use. I love it. And given... Given the, the the current world situation, it's good for us to all have tools. So like like I said, in summary, yeah, let's just recognize that we're in a collective trauma state. Let's be a little bit more lenient and let's move towards self, self-care self and, 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 and that writing therapy approach. Check it out, guys. Mm-hmm.